You are listening to John DeYard's Life Spa, your premier source for health news in Ayurveda, where modern science meets ancient wisdom. In this episode, Dr. John talks aging and longevity. Hi, my name is Dr. John DeYard. I'm going to talk to you today about some very exciting research done on aging. You know, at the end of every chromosome, there's a telomere. It's like the tail. And when these telomeres become shortened or damaged, it's directly linked to accelerated aging and the disease process. Now, researchers have been looking for years to figure out what causes these telomeres to shorten. And recently, they found that stress, particularly chronic depressive stress, was directly linked to the shortening of these telomeres. So they started trying to figure out what kind of protective support the body would need so the stress wouldn't have this impact, this degenerative impact. And they found that not just one herb was needed, but a combination of herbs was needed because the pathways that the body uses to cope with stress are so pervasive that it needed a combination of herbal support to do that. Now, interestingly, three Ayurvedic herbs were used to protect the body comprehensively against stress. The first herb was called ashwagandha, maybe the most powerful adaptogen in the world. An adaptogen is an herb that helps the body cope with stress. It's an herb that gives the body energy so it can go to sleep. Uh, it gives the body energy so it can run a marathon. It's been shown to protect against cardiovascular disease and inflammation. It's a powerful uh, adaptogen, so it helps to reduce stress-fighting hormones. It's been shown to balance and stabilize blood pressure and blood sugar and support mood issues like anxiety. A very, very amazing adaptogenic herb. The second herb, called bacopa, more focused on the mind and focus. In one study, it was shown to increase the benefits of, uh, of, for focus and intelligence and memory and mood like depression and even attention uh, by roughly an average of about 20 to 30 percent in all the studies. So a powerful herb for increasing mental capacity and focus and the ability to handle mental stress. Another herb classified as an adaptogen, an herb called Tulsi. Again, an herb used for thousands of years, shown to uh, increase cognitive function, energy, vitality, stamina, better sleep, better sexual function, and also help the body cope with an array of different stress parameters. And in, in one study showed that all these factors were improved by about 40%. So when you increase, put all these herbs together, you have a powerful package of adaptogenic protective support against stress. And since we now know that stress is directly linked to the shortening of these telomeres, which is directly linked to accelerated aging and chronic disease, it's important that we take steps to protect our against, ourselves against stress. Of course, diet, exercise, lifestyle, critically important, but also looking to adaptogenic support when you're under stress may be just what we need to give us that support to protect ourselves from this degenerative stress. Please go to the article associated with this video where I go into the details of the research on these new studies and uh, check out my website at lifespot.com for more information. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Duyard, and I want to talk to you today about some interesting research that links prediabetes to increased risk of Alzheimer's. In one study, people who had just borderline diabetes or prediabetes had a 70% increased risk of developing Alzheimer's disease in their life. Half of the people who are over 85 have Alzheimer's disease. One-third of the American population, that's 100 million people, have prediabetes today. 
putting them at significant risk for developing Alzheimer's disease. We know that increased blood sugar in our country is an epidemic. It's directly linked to the number one killer, which is cardiovascular disease, and it's also now being linked directly to Alzheimer's disease. You know, when you have a lot of sugar in your blood, the body doesn't know what to do with it. The brain really doesn't want that sugar in the blood. And the body becomes insulin resistant. The brain becomes insulin resistant. And the sugar stays in the blood. And we've talked about, I did a whole series of newsletters on blood sugar. The excess, excess sugar in your blood goes right into belly fat and hip fat. And it also turns into cholesterol. But it also glycates. Glycation is a process in where the proteins and the sugars stick together and they clump the blood, make the blood very, very thick. And there are these things called advanced glycation end products, or AGEs. And these advanced glycation end products are very damaging. They're the leading cause of arterial disease and cardiovascular disease. It's kind of why it happens. It causes oxidation in the body, in the arteries, and in the brain. Studies with, uh, in autopsies of people with Alzheimer's disease had significant amounts of these AGEs in the brain compared to normal folks. There are very dangerous AGEs that are directly linked to damaging certain neurons that control cognitive function and memory. There are also AGEs that are linked directly to depositing beta amyloid plaque in the brain, which is the hallmark for Alzheimer's disease, is plaque building up in your brain. Now, there's also an enzyme called the insulin degrading enzyme. And what that does is when the sugar gets really high in the blood, the, uh, the, the body says we've got to get rid of that sugar. So it has this enzyme, insulin-degrading enzyme, that takes the insulin out of the blood so there's not excess sugar trying to drive into the brain. Like I said, the brain becomes insulin-resistant and it can't take that kind of sugar. So they have this enzyme to help remove it so we don't actually damage the brain. Problem is, is that this enzyme also removes beta amyloid plaque from the brain. So if the brain or this enzyme is too busy dealing with the insulin, then it's going to leave the plaque and the beta amyloid plaque can accumulate in the brain and that can predispose us again to Alzheimer's disease. We have this thing called insulin resistance of the brain and studies at the Oxford University in England have been studying coconut oil as a new kind of energy supply for the brain. That actually coconuts are as a fat and these fats burn as ketones instead of sugar. So when they give the brain ketones instead of sugar, the brain starts to function better. Cognitive function in folks with Alzheimer's was improved, where when you give them regular sugar or glucose, the brain can't take it. The brain has stopped being able to use sugar. So when you start eating all the sugar you're eating, Think about what that's doing to your brain. It overwhelms the brain, and eventually the brain, according to some studies, are saying, I just can't take it, and now maybe I have to use another fuel supply. But boy, that also is linked to AGEs, which cause damage, that lay down plaque, and can sometimes do some permanent damage to our brain function. So what can we do? Well, clearly what we can do is protect ourselves from blood sugar issues early on. I'm a big fan of getting your own glycometer, test your blood sugar in the morning, make sure those numbers are actually not in the danger zone. Anything over 100 uh, milligrams per deciliter is considered pre-diabetes, but really all the current research says that the safest zone is gonna be between 70 and 85, and anything over 85 increases this risk of glycation and also excess damage to arteries and even brain tissue. 
Uh, also, remove the hidden sugars. We, gosh, there's so many hidden sugars, dried fruits and all the healthy sugars, molasses and honey and agave. These are all sugars. They go right into the brain. They go right into the blood. They damage the artery, and they actually cause this increased risk of prediabetes. Proper exercise, really important. Great studies that show that exercise really does work, and I've written articles about how to exercise. Please tune into that. Meals, not snacks. Eating meals, 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 meals all day long never gives your body a reason to burn its fat. You need to be a good fat burner. If you have breakfast, nothing to lunch, your body will burn fat in between. If you eat all day, your body will just eat the meals you had, you, you're eating all day long, and you'll never give the body a reason to become a really good fat burner. And of course, we want to lose weight, but more importantly, it's the fuel that's stable and calm that our brain really requires. There are many herbs that we can look at, and I invite you to go to my website and research some of these herbs that support good, stable, balanced blood sugar uh, and brain function. Uh, uh, gymnema, one of the classic Ayurvedic herbs supporting blood sugar. Turmeric, um, chromium, a mineral that supports blood sugar. Alpha lipoic acid, omega-3 fatty acids, all these things. Please do your research. Herbs, Ayurvedic herbs like bacopa and brahmi supporting cognitive function. Uh, I list those and cite the studies, those on my website as well. So please do your research. Please know that there's a direct link now between sugar issues which are rampant in our culture, and the increased risk of Alzheimer's boy, and that's a risk I wouldn't want to take. Uh, please check out the article where I go into detail uh, that's associated with this video on my website at lifespa.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Duyard, and I want to talk to you today about a very special herb called shilajit. Now in India, this herb has been used for thousands of years as an energy tonic and a rejuvenative. Recent studies have shown that the mitochondria of the cell use certain constituents called diprenols and fulvic acids to actually drive the function of the mitochondria so the mitochondria can deliver energy into the cell and into the body. Well, shilajit turns out to have a high concentration, maybe the highest concentration of these two constituents. In one study, they showed that when people were exercising vigorously, they measured energy markers before and after exercise, and the ones who actually took shilajit had the same energy in their cells at the end of the exercise, the vigorous exercise, as they did prior to the exercise. So it seems to be a great rejuvenative and a great tonic. Now, the theory is that 40 million years ago, when India crashed into the continent of Asia, that it compressed this biomass. And today, to this day, this biomass is literally oozing out of the rock. Literally, shilajit is a black, tarry substance that is like a biomass that oozes out of the rock in the summer months. And it's been used for thousands of years to drive energy. The Sherpas uh, sell this little powder to the Himalayan mountain climbers because it allows them to smoke cigarettes at 20,000 feet and function at high altitudes you know, much, much better. Research has been, been going on for many years to try to understand this herb, and they think that it's these fulvic acids that are very porous in nature that have the ability to hook on to other chemical constituents and drive them into the cell. That's one theory. Now, in one study, they showed that this, this, that shield has the ability to support the effectiveness of many other herbal or nutritional constituents. Uh, in one study with co coenzyme Q, the absorption rate of that enzyme was increased by 29% in one study. So, it's, so this is a process or a, pro a, a, a process called 
yoga vahi in India, which means it actually helps everything that you take it with work better. And that seems to be what Shilajit is known for. It seems to be a carrier for the other nutrients in the body and make them function you know, that much better. It's been shown to support better absorption, healthy dopamine levels, to short healthy and stable blood sugar levels, to support the natural detoxification. Now, what's really interesting is not only does it actually take nutrition in, but also pulls toxins out, perhaps because of the same understanding that it's a very porous molecule and these humic acids work in this way. These humic acids are also what we understand to be the things, the, the, the acids that actually break down the minerals in the soil from the biomass and actually make them bioavailable to the plant so the minerals can be available for the plants. When we eat the plant, we get the minerals. So this herb seems to be a phenomenal herb for this incredible rejuvenation of the body. And in India, in, in the Indian Materia Medica, it's actually labeled, and there's no other better way to describe their label for this herb than panacea, because it has the, the ability to function at a, a very deep level and therefore affect the function of many of the systems in the body. So please read more about this incredible herb in my article associated with this video. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Biard. You know, I have many patients who come to me in their 40s and 50s and 60s, and out of the blue, their body breaks down. They get heart disease, they have high blood pressure, the blood pressure sugar starts going off the charts, chronic pain, indigestion, so many things begin to happen, and they always seem to wonder, was it the abuse in my teens, the abuse in my 20s, that caused me to pay this price now in my 40s and my 50s? And, you know, the answer is yes. This body is like a car. You take care of it, it runs for a long time. It can go the distance and go forever. But if you beat it up early on, it's not gonna look great later on in life. And I, want, and I write this article and do this video so we can show our teenage kids and our college kids that, and make sure they've been properly warned. Because many folks say, God, I wish I would have known that that kind of use would, I pay this kind of price now 20, 30 years later. And you will. And it does have a cumulative impact. So I want to talk to you about what you can do and what the wear and tear is on a very ballistic kind of unleashed lifestyle. One, sleep. They did a study with 10,000 people and they measured their sleep. And when they get between six and eight hours of sleep, everything's great. They get less than six hours of sleep or even more than eight hours of sleep, they have significant cognitive decline. They're, they age significantly faster, up to seven years faster. Um, they have more likely to increase risk of heart disease, diabetes, weight gain, hormonal imbalances, and premature death, all related to not sleeping as well as they should. That lack of sleep causes increased cortisol. Cortisol is adrenaline. Adrenaline means stress. When your body's under excessive, unnecessary stress, that is the number one cause of 80% of all disease. So the studies are conclusive that when you push the limits, you're going to pay a price. And many of these prices aren't paid until you're 20, you're 20 30 years later. So that's why I want you to be properly warned. So don't think that that lifestyle, smoking some cigarettes or drinking or partying or staying late, that you're gonna just get away with it. Yeah, you're 20 years old and your body's ballistic, it's bulletproof, you can do whatever you want, but it's not gonna last, I promise you that. It just doesn't last. You know, alcohol is a known carcinogen 
the U.S. Department of Health has deemed alcohol as a carcinogen. And when you drink it in excess, it does significant damage to your liver, not to mention your esophagus and your mouth and other places that puts your risk of cancer. But it's very significantly damaging to the liver. It takes about six to eight hours for your liver to detoxify alcohol, which means while it's doing that, it ain't doing anything else. It's completely focused on dealing with the alcohol. So other toxins that are the liver should be processing are slipping through the liver, going into your bloodstream, into your arteries, into your blood, and even into your brain. And that's the way it goes. The toxins on this planet are fat-soluble. Your liver's job is to make those fat-soluble chemicals water-soluble so they can be flushed out of the system. That's a big job. And when it's overwhelmed and too busy to do it, it, sips, it just ships it right back into the blood. The blood looks for places to put this fat-soluble stuff, like your fat cells and your brain cells, all of which are fat. And now we're seeing many, many studies showing people with heavy metal toxicity and what they call brain gravel in the brain causing and predisposing folks to cognitive decline. And so the studies are conclusive. It is going to have a negative effect. And probably the most important thing is what you eat. You eat junk food, processed foods, sugary foods, whatever you want. And I know you're young and resilient, you want to party, but I I'm, but I'm just want to make sure that you know that when you eat those foods, like a loaf of bread that will sit on the shelf for a month has been processed so much that it can't be digested. Uh, the liver doesn't know what to do with it. Milk, for example, traditionally you milk a cow and you put the milk in the fridge and it lasts for five to seven days, maximum. Now milk will last a month in the fridge. This is a processed product. Your liver doesn't know what to do with those things and it completely saturates and bogs down the function of your liver. It's almost as if you didn't clean your stove for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. Imagine the layers and layers of grease, that undigestible uh, grease that your liver doesn't know what to do. And then the problem is, is your liver becomes so congested, it can't balance your cholesterol levels. It ships the cholesterol back into your blood. It can't balance your blood sugar. And yes, your blood sugar, the number one cause of the number one killer in America, which is heart disease, is your blood sugar issue. And that is affecting, you know, one third, 100 million Americans, 90 million of them don't know they have a pre-diabetic condition. Experts say all of us, 100% of Americans in the next 10 years will be pre-diabetic because of the sugary processed food diet that we eat. And yeah, it does start. You know, I tell you when you get a car, if you change the oil all the time to keep the liver, the oil clean, the thing runs forever. If you don't do that, you pay a price. The car doesn't work that great. And this is exactly the same thing. So I'm encouraging you to be aware of what you put in your mouth. Be aware of the sleep and how important it is to get good sleep. Be aware of how much toxicity you put into your body in the name of partying or having a good time. There is wear and tear, and there's, a, 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 there's an intelligent kind of mature way of going about it that will not break your body down. And I'm not saying you have to live in a bubble, but it's very important for you to realize that the excess, if you push the envelope too far, some of that, uh, some of that excess is potentially can cause irreversible damage down the road. And I just see so many people in their 40s, 50s, 60s suffering so bad that I just want to let you know early on that you have a choice, and the choice takes place now, early on. Please read this article associated with this video. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. My name is Dr. John Duyard, and I want to talk to you today about an aging enzyme that is linked to 10 of the leading causes of death in America. 
the enzyme is called 5-lipooxygenase, or 5-lux. And when the diet is rich in excess meats, excess fats, excess high glycemic index foods like sugary foods, an increased production of arachidonic acid is produced. Now, arachidonic acid is very, very good for the body, for muscles and cell membranes, has many, many good uh, functions in the body, but an excess of that production can trigger the release or the production of this enzyme called 5-LUX, and that triggers the release of these toxic inflammatory molecules called leukotrienes, which are responsible for cancer, Alzheimer's, heart disease, respiratory conditions, diabetes. It's really a pro, a major pro-inflammatory enzyme. And what's exciting is that the Ayurvedic herb has been shown to have a significant effect in inhibiting or blocking the production of this enzyme. Now, turmeric does it. Uh, it's been documented for years. Uh, fish oils do it. It's been documented. But this herb called Boswella does it in a significantly more efficient way. And that's exciting because Boswella is an herb we use, uh, I've used for years at Ayurveda, and it's typically used for joints. It's an herb we always understood to be an herb that actually increases the blood supply into the joint and helps the body, the joint, protect itself and, and repair the joint so you don't have to continue to take it. So it's a beautiful herb. You get on it. Joint pain helps get supported. And then you can kind of gently wean off that herb and not be dependent on it for the rest of your life. And that's a beautiful process. Well, now we know that this uh, boswell and the boswellic acids in particular are really the blockers of this 5-LOX enzyme, and it's been shown to be a powerful antioxidant, supports lower cholesterol, increases and improves memory and learning. It blocks, in fact, cancer receptors, and it actually protects the blood vessels, among many other studies. I mean, the researchers, when they found this out, they've been looking uh, for many years for something that really blocks the 5-LOX enzyme because it is really the aging enzyme. And if you can block it, then, you know, the researchers are extremely excited about the potential of Boswella being an anti-aging support system. And uh, so please go to my website, read the article associated with this, find out more about this amazing herb uh, and this amazing research on the Boswellic acids, one of the classic Ayurvedic herbs. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Duyard, and I want to talk to you today about a substance in Ayurvedic medicine called ojas. Ojas is actually a Sanskrit word that means vigor. And this is a very special and refined substance in the body that is responsible for aging, your immune system, uh, gradient health and glowing skin, physical strength and stamina, your mood, and even your ability to make spiritual progress. Now, this is a byproduct of proper digestion. Most of us think that good digestion takes about a day to complete. And it is true for foods, but ojas is produced after 30 days of the digestive process. The food that we eat turns into lymph, which turns into blood, which turns into muscle, which turns into fat, to nerve, and then the reproductive fluid. And from that reproductive fluid, this very small amount of this ojas is produced and is sometimes considered the fluid of life. Very, very important substance, and it really depends on optimal digestion and optimal behavior and lifestyle. Lots of excessive activities like stress and excessive exercise and excessive work and excessive food and excessive drink can deplete 
our urges. Excessive sexual activity, probably most well-known for depleting one's urges. Uh, when you have lots of urges, your skin glows. The best example of that is like a baby who has that glowing, radiant skin filled with urges. We talk about that in Ayurvedic medicine. And that urges provokes immunity and vitality and strength and stamina and something that's uh, very, very important. So there are certain things you can do in your life, your routine, like, like uh, being involved in service and giving and caring for others, uh, laughing, meditation, yoga, breathing, all of them very, very important for, for building up ojas and having a lifestyle to support optimal ojas. And then having rest. You know, I don't think many of us don't realize how exhausted we are in our culture and taking good rest, going to bed at the right time, waking up at the right time, and not racing through our day also has an ojas depleting effect. And then there are certain foods and herbs that are well known to build up the ojas. Uh, ashwagandha, one of the classic adaptogenic herbs, uh, is translated sometimes meaning the strength of 10 horses, is a deep, deep rejuvenative. It gives you the energy in the morning to go run a marathon, but also has the ability to rejuvenate the nervous system so it allows the body to sleep well uh, during the night. Uh, is an ojas building agent. Shatavari, another herb translated as a woman with a hundred husbands, a deep reproductive tonic. And remember, it's the process of 30 days of digestion to build all these tissues, lymph, blood, bone, fat, muscle, uh, nerve, and then the reproductive tissue. And then we make that ojas. It takes 30 days for that process to take place. So all these enzymatic processes have to be in order for us to build even a very, very small amount of ojas. Even just a couple of drops of ojas is all that we actually manufacture and is stored and res reservoired in our heart. So thus the giving is so critical. And these foods that nourish the heart and the ojas at a deep level, ashwagandha, shatavari, milk, ghee, honey, could be almond milk, coconut milk as well, but those are very deeply ojas building dates and coconut and saffron, also very, very good. So one of the classic drinks that we actually have here at Life Spa is taking those herbs, ashwagandha, shatavari, dates chopped up, almonds chopped up, coconut chopped up, saffron, a little bit of saffron, along with milk and honey and ghee, and you cook that into a milk and you drink that um, either before bed or during the day to build up, to build up those ojas reserves. So it's a very interesting concept, one that we don't have any, any reference for in Western medicine, but it's something that's talked about in Ayurvedic medicine as the, the ultimate essence of our digestion, the physiological expression of consciousness. And without ojas, we can't make spiritual progress. And spiritual progress in Ayurveda means, you know, the whole point of Ayurveda was to remove the density of the physical, make the body function better. So we have then more mental clarity so we can see what this crazy mind may have conjured up in the name of safety and security and then take actions to free ourselves from those old protective, repetitive, bad habits that are depleting us and depleting us our ojas and thus put us on track for making spiritual happiness, really being content in your life. So please read the article and read the details about this amazing substance called Ojas uh, in the article associated with this video. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Duyard. Hi, my name is Dr. John Duyard. I'm going to share with you today the benefits of a positive attitude. You know, in the article associated with this video, 
I cited as much of the research I could find that shows the benefits of a positive attitude. In one study, they showed that just laughing increases the immunoglobulins in your saliva to support better immune health. How powerful is that? Another study I wrote about a while back was when you write a love letter to someone, you document love, a positive attitude, that it actually lowers your cholesterol. Another study, they showed that when people left the hospital happier and more joyful and a joyful attitude, they had a significant reduction in readmission rates. Another study showed that vets who were injured <clears throat> had significantly higher recovery rates when they were optimistic versus pessimistic. In another study, they found that when people actually write down or journal their positive sentiments, they had people writing down for 10 weeks, they're, um, they're uh, counting their blessings or <clears throat> counting their obstacles. And when they counted their blessings, they had significant health improvements. They saw longer sleep, deeper sleep, better sleep. They exercised more, saw the doctor less, lots and lots of benefits. And they said that the specific benefits they saw when people expressed gratitude. I love gratitude. Gratitude is a sentiment that we use a lot in our transformational awareness meditation course that we teach because gratitude you know, comes from the word gratis, which means free. When you express gratitude, that deep, deep thankfulness, it's a, it's a, it's a technique of, of freeing yourself in an emotional way at a very deep level. It's very, very powerful. So expressing gratitude, just a great habit to get into, to glean the benefits of a, of a positive attitude. They show that when people express gratitude and they write about their life um, in, in, a, in a positive way, talk about the good things that happen in their life, that they actually live longer. Uh, many studies have shown that when people actually write about positive things, they have longer lives and better immunity and better health indexes. It's very, very powerful. They've also shown that when people, um, when people think about positive thoughts, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system, the repair nervous system. When you think about negative thoughts, it activates the, the sympathetic fight or flight response, which is degenerative. And it's, you know, it's a bear chasing you. You get up a tree, save your life. It's an emergency degenerative chemistry and it breaks our body down. It also has been shown to decrease the, the, the good quality microbes in the intestinal tract when you're under sympathetic stress. So negative thoughts don't support healthy microbiology. Of course, we're 90% bugs, so that's important. But positive thoughts increase parasympathetic activity, turns on your digestion, reboots, rejuvenates the nervous system and the body, as well as supports the proliferation of good microbes. In Ayurveda, this is called a sattvic lifestyle. It means a healthy, positive, giving, caring, loving, nurturing lifestyle. Very, very valuable. I wrote an article once, and you can go check it out. It's called... Um, your emotional body type. And you take a questionnaire to see how sattvic, how positive basically is your lifestyle versus how negative. And we use Ayurvedic terms, but, but it's the same rules apply. And you can see exactly whether you're living a sattvic lifestyle or not. And how to then scrub some of those lacking of positive attributes that you might have. Very, very powerful thing. In fact, we have a whole one month course called the 28 day Ayurvedic challenge where we give you a different Ayurvedic lifestyle technique to support health and a, and a positive outlook, a sattvic lifestyle for 30 days. It's very, very powerful. So you can experience Ayurveda, the benefits of a sattvic lifestyle and the benefits of a, a, a positive attitude and what it does for your immunity, for your longevity, for your optimal health in many, many ways. Very powerful and simple, right? 
just looking for ways to be positive and then taking action on that positivity lays down new neural pavement in your brain so you can drive down roads that are positive and life-supporting versus driving down those old negative roads that actually are you know, taking our microbes and our immunity and our overall health out. Lots of stuff you can do just simply by changing your attitude. The way to do that is change your lifestyle. So please check it out. Read the article where I, I list all the studies. It's pretty compelling. Lots of good motivation to get positive. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Villard. This recording is brought to you by LifeSpa, where ancient Ayurvedic wisdom meets modern science. Get access to free health video newsletters by Dr. John at LifeSpa.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.